I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. for his eight three still hasn't missed and now has tied his career high at threes Luka Doncic and welcome you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks my name is Nick Angstead media member and coordinator from Lockdown Podcast Network free from Twitter jail and joining me as always my co-host contributor at Mavs.com the three-point Triumph, the one more thing, King. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Dallas basketball back. is fun. We're back. It's fun. Tyler, Shout out to Tyler Upchurch for hey. the t-shirt. Dallas basketball is fun. And tonight, it was a lot of fun for the Mavericks, especially through three quarters because the fourth was kind of just whatever. But hey, the rookies got to play, and that means all is well in the world when for Mavs Twitter when the rookies get to play. So that was super exciting. Yeah, let's have- start the podcast. Biggest story of the night. Josh Green, 9 minutes, 36 seconds. Tyler Bay, 6 minutes, 52 seconds. We'll break down every second of it oh, today. Plus, minus. Did you see that <laughs> Nate Hinton steal? That was incredible. Okay, question at the top, though. We've seen both of these Portland games, these last two games. Mavericks obviously lost two games ago. They blow out the Blazers in this game. Which game did you learn the most from? Man, it's a good question. So the first game of this two two game series, the Blazers Blazers and Mavs, Mavericks lose by what six points? Clutch game came down to the end of it. Mavericks really just choked the game at the end there. And this game, the Mavericks in the third quarter took it away, just blew the doors off of them, one by forty. Like. The Mavericks lost the season series to the Blazers, two games to one. Blazers won the game earlier in the season. It was another clutch game. They won by three, won by six in the first game, in the second game, and then one. The Mavericks won by forty. So the Mavericks have a plus thirty-one point differential against the Blazers and still lost the season series two to one. Um, so I think I learned more from. I mean, at this point, I don't know if we're learning too much about this team. You and I have watched every single second of this game, every, every single second of this season, every single second of last last season. And, and the season before. And the season Okay, before. yeah. At that point, there's no Mavericks that are on the team still except for Dwight. And we, we already know that. So I think you learn more about the Mavericks just from the, the clutch game because that's what it's going to come down to, right? Those are the playoff games. Those are the playoff-type moments. That's what it's going to come down to. You don't blow the doors off of people in the third quarter, and then they don't play their starters the whole rest of the game. That doesn't usually happen too much. And what we're really trying to learn about this Mavericks team is, can they win the playoffs? Can this team take it to the next level and win a playoff series? That's the next step for this team, and that's what I would want to try to learn about this team. Does it say anything about fandom? Like, Can you take it a deeper level, and does it say anything about fandom that we will write off easier the big wins and be like, yeah, cool. But the, the short losses we're freaking out more and we're like, it affects us. And we're like all of this jumbled about up about it. Yeah. So after this game, people, you know, the Mavericks win by 40 people are talking about Porzingis and there's a reason for that. There's a, a, a clip going around and I'm, we're going to break it all down and talk about Porzingis and people are saying he stormed off the court. I don't know if I'm going to go that far with it, but there is something weird with it. So we're going to break it all down later, but other than that, not many people talking about the Mavs' flaws after this game. And fan is short for fanatic, right? You, you get fanatical. You get a little crazy sometimes. You get high in the own, your own supply. And then you also get high off of the outrage, too. And so 
after losses, yeah, everything is about, well, sh- what, who should they trade for? You know, oh, what did KOC say in this piece? The Mavericks are going after, like, the Mavericks need this, the Mavericks need this. we got to upgrade at this spot. And we do it too, obviously. But, yeah, after wins, there's none of that. Like, I don't see any of that going on on the timeline. And that's fine. You know, say what you want after games. It's your decision. It's your voice. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that that's, that's the case after wins like this, which is fine. And what, and I think it's a testament too to just how good Luka Doncic is. That you know, I think, I mean, it feels like this is locked on Luka most of the time. But when you have actually Isaac, if he didn't play in this game, the Mavericks still would have won because they won by forty because, and he only scored thirty-seven points. So, <laughs> well, they only won because the rookies <laughs> played. Uh, but but Luka, <laughs> it feels like. Literally, this is a broken record on this podcast, how we talk about Luca and just gush over him. But when you have a generational talent, you have a top five player in the league. And when he's shooting the ball like he is right now, and you look at his averages and just staying on the big picture, I guess, for these next for the next like minute or so, can we just stay on big 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 picture for Luca on this season? Why is he not in all of these MVP graphics? Why is I am so sick and tired of all these National media things talking about the MVP conversation, how MB went down and LeBron went down and these graphics are being tossed up on TV and socials and all this stuff. And it's MB, LeBron and Jokic and Dame and you insert whoever it is. But for some reason, Luka Doncic is not on these graphics. And that's messed up because this man's averaging 29, 9 and 8, shooting 37% from three right now. This Mavericks team is eighth in the West. They're two and a half back from fifth in the West. They're, I mean, they're two and a half games back from Denver. So we can sit there and talk about Jokic versus, you know, Luka and who should be on that conversation. I'm not saying he should be number one on that list, but any type of MVP graphic and what guys are in the conversation, Luka Doncic is in that conversation. All right. You want me to go down like a whole path of like, you know, getting real meta about what we as sports media people talk about and how you get into the conversation, what matters in the conversation and all that. But my short answer is it's easier to, it's harder to get back into the conversation than it is to fall out at this point in the season. Early in the season, remember, going into the season, Luca was the odds on favorite on most betting sites, including betonline.ag. He was the favorite to win MVP among all those sites. And then the Mavericks had a terrible January, and he fell out of it because the Mavericks team was bad. Damian Lillard's team had an incredible run, and they had a really good record at at one point. And they still have a pretty good record. And he started to get into the conversation, hit all those clutch shots and all that stuff. Jokic, his team struggled a little bit early, but they got back into this, this season a little bit earlier than Luka. And so he's starting to... You know, Jokic starting to, to get back into this MVP conversation. He also just was in the Western Conference Finals. So more people, more national people are talking about him. And for LeBron and Embiid, they've always been at the top of it this whole season, yeah. like almost straight from the jump. And for Luka, it's been so hard to try and get back in because like all of a sudden the conversation goes, well, Luka should be in it. Okay, they're eighth in the West. Right, like that yeah. just kind of en- that ends the conversation there. That's like scoreboard for a national conversation, right? Like we can make all the good arguments we can, and I agree he should be up there. But to have a team that's like barely over five hundred and have a guy make MVP, especially since a ton of players can put up stats now, right? Like we've seen play like 
Brad Beal still putting up a ton of stats, and his team is you know well below 500 at this point. So it's just harder to get back into it after you've fallen out, right? You know, LeBron, no, and, and I get that. Le- but I'm LeBron, just saying in the conversation, it's easier for the LeBrons, but that's what I'm it saying. Is easy. So he's he's not in it. Yeah, for, for that, most that's, people. That and that's what I'm saying. I have the problem with if you're going to throw Damian Lillard and Jokic in the in that conversation. Then Luca needs to be in that conversation too. No, he's just, he doesn't. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say he doesn't. He's just because, two and a half games back from them, and we can look at all the stuff that the Mavericks have went. <laughs> like they shouldn't even be two and a half games back from fifth. But because of Luca, it's not like like yes, we can we look at this, this and say, I yeah, know he, we know this, but like why did Luca fall out of that conversation? Because the Mavericks record. It wasn't because Luca missed time, missed a month. It wasn't because Luca sucked for a month. He put up incredible numbers. It was because COVID wrecked his team for a month. So I think I think that almost works in his MVP case even more because look where Luca kept the team afloat. Now the team's back, and now he has a team thriving, and now they're moving up in the standing. So I'm just saying he deserves to be in the graphics and the conversation. He shouldn't be number one right now. But if they're if we're talking about guys who can threaten LeBron and Embiid over these last like 30 games, and we're talking about Jokic and Damian Lillard. Luka Doncic is in that conversation too. Yep, and with that case, with with that scenario, a national media person, national show, will take that as a, a golf clap participation like recognition. They'll they'll mention oh, and Luka also, and then they'll move on, right? Because he, if is you're not Steph being mentioned, if you're not going to get well, <laughs> there's other reasons for Steph fan base size and all that. You saw how many All Star votes he got. Uh, he he moves he moves needles Luca can move needles but he's not at that point yet he's not at the Steph level yet uh yeah so I I mean I agree he should be part of the conversation he's just he just won't be with that resume at this point uh especially because and this is a large this is a larger yeah I and and I've been the proponent all along of this is going to be a stealth narrative for Luca this whole MVP conversation because the team got destroyed and then they'll all of a sudden by COVID and then they'll all of a sudden be coming back and They'll u- will use that to his benefit later on in the season, but I don't think they're quite there yet. If they can go this next run, we'll talk about their schedule coming up here in a little bit after we break down this game. But their schedule coming up here at Minnesota, uh, home for the Pacers, at New Orleans, at the Thunder, at Boston, at New York, at Washington. Like that next schedule coming up, if they can roll off like I don't know six and two or something like that, something crazy or whatever, whatever yeah. it's four and two, five and two or something like that. If they can do that over this next stretch, then all of a sudden I think you'll start hearing some of those conversations because it's all it, about who's trending and which team is on the you know on the up. If they go on a big winning streak, this last thirty games, and they finish fifth in the West, and he finishes the season averaging thirty ten and nine, and he's shooting a career high from three at like thirty eight percent, and they're fifth in the West. He's in the conversation. I also think the big stats on an average team thing really got really took like that whole resume really took a big hit with Westbrook, right? Like like they gave Westbrook MVP for that triple double season and they won what like forty five games or something like that. And then after that, we just realized that he wasn't that same level of player. Right, like pretty pretty easily after that. We were like, oh, he's not on the same level as a guy that we consider an MVP, a Giannis, a LeBron, a KD. He's not on that level, right? And so I think that really turns voters away from the guy that has good stats on a mediocre to bat, like to just slightly good team. And so I think that's hurting Luka But they were well. wrecked by COVID, though. If, the, if COVID didn't happen, would this team be third in the West? I mean, top four in the West? Yeah, I guess. But Probably. I, that, 
the hypothetical doesn't come into the MVP conversation, at least on a national level. We'll talk about it. I mean, we always yeah. do. But coming up, let's get into this game. We'll actually break it down. There's lots of stuff in this game. Now that we've had this strange MVP conversation I didn't expect to have, uh, we'll get into that and talk about all that. But before we do, Theragun is a great tool for you. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh down your body, whether you're an athlete or someone like us that is obviously not an athlete. Just look at us. We're on video right now on WFAA. We're not athletes. Just look at my haircut. Uh, I'm an athlete the same way Kyle Korver was when he was in, <laughs> he was in college. <laughs> That's the haircut I feel like I have right now. I need to get it good. Uh, anyway, Theragun is a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle, muscle tension using scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. That's what the Mavericks hope to have is depth, speed, and power. They have a couple of those. And it's quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than just straight-up vibration alone. You can get some of those cheaper guns, but it's not going to do the exact same thing that Theragun does. Go Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. If you want to try it out, get it 30 days, starting at just $200. Go to Ther- Theragun.com slash on right now. Get your Theragun today gen 4 that's the good one get the gen 4 one theragun today that's theragun.com slash locked on theragun.com slash locked on i want to tell you about our friends at bet online we also talked about bet online a little bit earlier with the mvp odds march madness still going on tons of stuff to bet on use that promo code locked on get a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit right now they have the hawks a six point underdog to the clippers hawks are on kind of a rampage right now so i'm interested i'm interested to see what what that line, if that line changes at all. Kings, a four-point underdog to the Cavs tomorrow. That one's pretty interesting. You look at some of these NCAA games. Lots of stuff. Go check it out. BetOnline.ag. Put some money down on it. You can use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus to first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And go check out Locked On Today. It's an incredible podcast with all the biggest stories in sports, hosted by the great Peter Bukowski. And it'll have all the NCAA stuff that you missed over the weekend that you want covered. Uh, I heard our friend Big Ten Ben, Ben Stevens, goes on a pretty big rant about the Big Ten in the NCAA tournament, and it's really good. So go check that out. Locked On Today, anywhere you get podcasts. All right, Isaac Harris. First, I want to say to everybody, before we break down this Mavs-Portland game all the way through, uh, Kevin O'Connor released a really, really good – piece with just all kinds of nuggets and stuff and stories and rumors and all kinds of stuff. The Mavericks were mentioned in there a couple of times uh, involving interest in Drummond and John Collins. We're going to get into all that tomorrow. So check back in with us tomorrow and we will have all mm, that Drummond stuff. Drummond we'll, talk. Let's go. We'll dive straight into the trade talk. We've never talked about Drummond before on this podcast, so we will tomorrow. <laughs> Never, never before. Uh, all right, Mavericks win this game, 132 to 92. Literally won by 40. Luca, 37 points, seven boards, only four assists in this game. Uh, he shot 13 to 19 for the field, eight of nine from three. Started the game eight of eight. Incredible shooting night for Luca. Only three of six from the free throw line. He has not had a ton of free throws these last couple of weeks here. But Luca, the incredible, you know, that's the that's the big story. His shooting has just been a revelation. I think I think I saw somebody say it this game took his shooting percentage up from like thirty-five percent on the season to thirty-seven percent on the season. I think, yeah. I think it's his three point shooting is at thirty-seven now, yeah. <laughs> so uh that should go at his MVP conversation too, right? If we want to go back to that. Like that number. Of course it just, should. Just going from like what was it, twelve percent at the beginning of the season to thirty seven, that's a talking point that all of a sudden you can bring up. 
You know, because everybody likes to dunk on Skip Bayless and say, oh, he says Luka can't shoot. Okay, we'll take this and use it against him, right? 37%. Boom. Anyway, don't want to mention him too many times. But So Luka, huge reason the Mavericks won this game. Josh Richardson had a great game as well. 21 points, 4 assists for him. He was 8 of 11 from the field. And his defense, I thought, along with Dorian Finney-Smith, who was back. Shout out to Dorian. He's a, a new dad for the third time, I think, in his in his life, which is is awesome. And uh, he was back. I thought he was a revelation. He won the defensive player of the game belt afterwards. Hit three of his six threes, which is awesome. Uh, yeah. Man, just across the board, Dorian was contributing. 13 points, five boards, two of them on the offensive end, two assists for him as well, a couple of free throws. Just a great game from Dorian on the comeback. And, uh, yeah, those two guys, when they're playing well, the Mavericks, I mean, their ceiling is really high if those guys can play well, but they're not very consistent. And so that's been the conversation all season. Yeah, Rick, you know, started his whole pregame or postgame, you know, press conference saying, hey, you know, he credited one, Jamal Mosley, assistant coach of making the defensive adjustments from, you know, game two days ago, which they lost to this game. He went on to explain a little bit, you know, later on, not giving full details. He said what they tried, and he said mostly convinced the guys. He's like, I, you know, it's going to be a different type of defense. He's like, but I think it will work and end up working. And but he also raved on Dorian Finney-Smith and how much you know help it was having him back in the lineup and how he took the assignment of guard Damian Lillard. Lillard only had 19 points tonight. C.J. McCollum only had 13 points tonight. I mean, what is that? A combined. 32 points between the two. I mean, that that is When well, Lillard only scored, he played the entire third quarter, only scored scored four points when the Mavericks were going on that huge run. That was yeah. huge. And Dorian was on guarding him. I mean, there's lots of reasons. The Blazers just forgot how to shoot in the third quarter. They just, just they had open shots and just missed them. But Dorian's defense, I thought, when you have two guys like that, it's a big difference than if you just have one of them, right? It's, it's like a multiplier. It doesn't just, it's not like one plus one. One good defender plus one good defender equals... Two, it's like one plus one times two or whatever you want. <laughs> However you want to put that. I guess yeah. it's still two. <laughs> but, I mean, just the, having the difference of having It Dorian, makes a difference. It does. It does, it does <laughs> whatever, ma- difference. whatever math analogy you want to use. Uh, but having Dorian on, on Lillard, you know, it just gives you the size. And, you know, Dallas does this a lot. They'll throw Dorian on James Harden's of the world, some of these smaller guards, because he is quick enough to keep up with them. And then, you know, being a six, seven, he gives a little bit of length on him, allows Josh to then move to a CJ McCollum or somebody else. Josh referred to him as his defensive partner after the game. I thought it was really yeah. cool. He's like, man, it's nice having my defensive partner out, out there on the floor and dough. So uh, I love those two guys together. But like you said, the whole key to them is consistency. And I think the reason why they put Dorian on some of these guards is because the name of the game when you're guarding some of these guards, especially like Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, uh, Harden, you know, some of these guys, where the name of the game is you have to just get around screens, right? If you're not going to switch, and the Mavericks don't really try to run switches as much as like those Rockets teams of old or the the Warriors teams of old, like they're not going to do that. They don't have the personnel to do that. If you're just trying to get through screens, then you got to have somebody longer because you're going to be behind the your, the player you're defending a lot and you're going to be chasing them down trying to recover trying to catch up and they want the the center or whoever the other person is to drop a little bit and then to hedge just slightly and get up to the get up to the offensive player so that that defender like Dorian can catch up and you can catch up a little bit faster if you have a little bit more length put that hand in the face tip you know tip a shot or a pass or something like that a little bit easier than somebody that's a little bit smaller so they try to do that and he's you know a decent you know one-on-one defender nobody's gonna stop Dame but 
he did at least a decent job on that tonight. So, all right, a uh, couple other things in in this game. Uh, man, I just thought the Mavericks looked like they like they were on a mission in this game, and mm. it was a really really good sign. I thought. Just uh, remember, not so last season the Mavericks never lost three games in a row. There's just some kind of mentality that you have. We, okay, we don't want to get the, let this get away from us. And this season's obviously been completely different, but I felt like this was one of those games where, all right, if we lose this game, then all of a sudden they go two and three in this stretch, playing really really good teams. If they win this game, then they or yeah, then they, then they go uh, they, they went three and two instead. And I thought that was awesome. The Mavericks went three and two in this stretch, beat Denver, the Clippers, and the Blazers. They lost to the Clippers and they lost to the Blazers. But to get three wins against those three teams, if we had started this stretch, we said three and two was a good record in that stretch. Yeah. And they did it. They won two season series in the process, which is awesome. Couldn't get all three. If they had gotten all three, that would have been absolutely wild and incredible. We would have been super high right now. But uh, the Mavericks finished finish that really important stretch. Three and two. And I think that we learned this Mavericks team can they they should at least be in that top 5 conversation in the west. I don't know, they need to prove a little no. I I think they should I mean they're in that when you look at the standings, you know, it kind of breaks after the the top 4 there and then you enter that group of Denver, Portland, you know, Dallas, San Antonio still in that group right now. I I would expect them to fa- fall a little bit further than that, but question I want to throw it to you. Maybe I, maybe we can throw it after the break. But is this is this the the team that we've seen the highest mountaintop moment, but also the lowest valley moment this season between the jazz, the jazz like <laughs> blowout to like you watching a game like tonight saying, dang, when Lucas playing like that and KP only had 12 points, but we've seen KP have some nights where he's just shooting the ball like crazy. We can compete with anybody. I mean, this is the most wide variety of a range of like, two team or but it, like it's the same lineup because you know they were dealing with co- coming back from covid and all of that is there is there a bigger difference between that mountaintop and the valley than the past like five Mavericks teams so uh against the Mavericks themselves yes uh, i was going to say in the league the answer is the Cleveland Cavaliers right <laughs> they had that game where Colin Sexton went off for 40 they beat the nets and all that and then now they're just like one of the worst teams in the league <laughs> that's yes. the team with the highest disparity that's a little fool's gold but yeah, this Mavericks team, like their highs and lows are are so big. And it comes down to Porzingis, right? Still, Luka can yeah. take them to that next level, but Porzingis, to, Porzingis, like he affects their ceiling a lot. And Are we saving KP for the third segment? I think we're saving it for the third segment. Okay, well, let's, let's, coming up, let's get into Porzingis. We have to talk about it. We have to break it down. There was we a play that we have thoughts, and there was a play during the game where Porzingis, quote unquote, stormed off the court. Not sure I'd go that far, but it was an interesting play. There's something there. We'll talk about it coming up. But before we do, Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable form in a fraction of the cost. It's an online subscription, so you don't have to go to any doctor's visits, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and ships straight to your door. Blue Chews, licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problem. Blue Chew is chewable, like its name says. Blue Chew, it should be, right? Uh, Blue Chew, um, their tablets are chewable. They're made in the USA, prepared to ship direct. It's cheaper than a pharmacy. You just go, and you don't have to worry about all the 
awkward stuff. So we got a special deal for you. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code Locked On at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. Also, I want to tell you about our friends at Built Bar. It's a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. Absolutely incredible. It is one of the best protein bars we've ever had. Uh, the new Puffs bars are pretty interesting. The marshmallow in them, they are, uh, there's something to try. Go try them out. See what you like. Some people like them. Some people not so much. Uh, right now, they're doing a bracket. You can go and vote on all kinds of stuff. Actually, they're out of the churro marshmallow, so they sold out of those. You, I have you, some you, in my fridge. Yeah, you can't get those because they sold out so fast. Go check out some of the great, incredible flavors. Mint brownie, always available because that one's great. Uh, go check it out, BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, Built Bar, protein bar tastes like a candy bar. Locked15 is the promo code to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Also want to tell you about our friends at NBA Lockdown NBA Draft. Go follow them. Our friend Richard Mavs Draft on Twitter. A lot of you guys follow him. He has great takes on the drafts. Go listen to their show. They'll have all kinds of stuff from this weekend. NCAA tournament. They'll be breaking all that down. Raphael on Monday. And then our friend Richard on Tuesday. Check that out. Lockdown NBA Draft wherever you get podcasts. All right, Isaac Harris. Chris Porzingis. We're saving this for this segment. 12 points, 3 of 7 from the field, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, a couple of blocks, a steal. Played just 25 minutes because he didn't play the fourth quarter. No one of consequence really did. <laughs> and uh, he had, I thought he played a solid a solid game, like it, just as a contributor, right? He was playing within the offense, wasn't jacking up a bunch of shots, only took 7 shots total. The Mavericks weren't forcing a lot of stuff because... Luca had it going, right? He was he was shooting the ball really well. He was making stuff happen. He was driving, and the Mavericks were moving the ball around. Uh, 23 assists total. Luca only had four of them, so I thought that was solid just team play overall. Uh, and Porzingis, four assists. His passing was really great. He was making the right play, which is good. However, he wants to be considered a superstar. He has superstar potential. He's paid like a superstar and all that. And so... There's been this theme with Porzingis, and we've talked about it all year, really, right? Doesn't seem comfortable in his doesn't seem like comfortable in his role. Talking about he wants a minutes change, wants a position change, wants a you know place he gets the ball change, wants all the, all all these things a very specific way, and because he wants to be that superstar player and he wants to be on that level, he wants to get that that amount of shots, he wants to do that, and so all that being said, the stuff that we've seen all season, there was a play. There was a play in the third quarter, three minutes and just about 30 seconds. Uh, Covington loses the ball. Maxi comes up and steps up on him. Josh Richardson gets the ball. He starts driving up the left side of the floor on a fast break. He passes over to Luka Doncic on the right wing. Porzingis comes over from like the co- the weak side corner, just like, out of nowhere. He was off screen before, and he sits there. And then there's one defender between Luka, Richardson, uh Porzingis and then Dorian and then there's one defender between them and the basket Luca drives he kind of pump fakes fake behind the back jumps up in the air and dishes back to Dorian who doesn't really expecting it goes like goes up for the shot gets fouled doesn't hit the shot but he goes to the line Porzingis was right there on the left side of the basket Luca could have very easily dished it to Porzingis he would have dunked it they would have got the points for it I have no idea how Luca missed him on this play. Like he was looking right at him. Josh Richardson too. Either of those guys would have been better options for Luca than Dorian Finney-Smith was. But he hits Dorian anyway. Dorian didn't seem super ready for it. And Porzingis, instead of helping up Dorian Finney-Smith, literally turns around 
Actually, while Dorian's still in the air, so maybe that's unfair. While Dorian's still in the air, Luke Porzingis turns around. He's at the far opposite end of the of the court from their bench. Walks all the way down the court, and he goes off screen. But then when they play the replay and they show Dorian at the free throw line, you see Porzingis walking all the way back to the tunnel. So he walked the entire length of the floor, out the, the corner of the court, and out to the tunnel, and walks into the tunnel and off like off the court or whatever. Uh, this stands out for several reasons, right? People are calling it storming off the court. I'm not sure he exactly did that. But there was no one on the on the bench or the scorer's table waiting to come in. There was nobody like next dead ball, Porzingis is going to go out, and so he decided to go out of the game early, you know, or right when he, he should have and go back to the training table or something like that. He went out of his way to, to leave the court when there wasn't a sub or, necess- or we thought a sub to come in for him and left the court before Dorian like hit like took the free throws. So he's frustrated. This is obviously a, a, a move of frustration. Now there's a couple and then, of def- and then you can see him go into the locker room. Right. Yeah, you can see him go into the tunnel and go into the locker room. There, there were many plays in this game where Porzingis was frustrated defensively. There was one where CJ McCollum scores on him pretty easily under the basket and then Porzingis throws the ball up back through the rim. And they didn't get actually didn't get called to delay a game on that one, but uh, they get the ball back, and just Porzingis seemed frustrated in several aspects of his game. This one is the one where you've seen sort of a, you know, a trend where Luca doesn't get in the ball. We've seen it before. Luca doesn't get in the ball on a play. Next play, Porzingis either jacks up a three, gets frustrated, and this one he just straight up left the court. This is a trend and something we've seen more than once. It happened again. We're reading into it. We talked about this all year. We're gonna read into this way more because there have been rumors. There have been. Uh, frustrations from Porzingis we've seen it and now it's another example of that yeah there's not really a way for me to spin it in my PR angle uh, of, uh <laughs> just because you can't spin a body language and you know when you know like you said it's been a trend this season we've seen KP literally throw his arms up at times you know when Luca hasn't passed him the ball and you know, I, I don't know what to make of that situation tonight. Uh, it's just odd. It's weird. It's not. It's not a normal, you know, uh, a sequence of events when you know you don't get the ball passed to you, and then he, yeah, he he walks. He walks right out of the game. You know, they bring somebody else in. Then you can see him off in the distance going into the locker room. I don't know. I mean, players go to the locker room and, during the games all the time. Sometimes they just got to pee. Sometimes they got to. Yeah, right. Yeah, he could. He could have to poop, right? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I don't know what that whole thing was about. It's just when once again at this point. Once some of these things happen, if this was a one-off thing at the beginning of the season, you're like, okay, whatever. We might not even like really notice it that much, but because of all the small things have added up, now everyone's eyes. And this just isn't just us. I mean, if any of you are on Twitter, like everybody's following this now. Everybody's watching his body language and how you know how he reacts to some of these events. So now it's just now that spotlight's even brighter. And when things sequences like this happen, it. This is <laughs> these conversations happen. I think the bigger conversation with KP to have is him taking advantage of the smaller defenders. I mean, I think this is something Dallas has to. I think this de- helps determine like what your ceiling is moving forward in the you know playoffs and playoff matchups. That the fact that Portland, this was the one note I had on this whole game because then it was just like you know a blowout and everything. The fact that Portland could get away with putting Cantor on Dorian and Derek Jones Jr. on KP. I even tweeted out, I said, KP, this has to be advantage Mavericks in the KP and Derek Jones Jr. matchup. And it sounds dumb, like even saying it that way, but it has to be. And sometimes it wasn't. 
And the fact that Portland can get away with that, it that eliminates the advantage that they have with KP at the five whenever you you face some of these teams with these big-bodied centers. And you're like, all right, now I can just pull the big away. Well, if they can just get away with putting the smaller guy on KP and then put their big-bodied center on Dorian, whoever it is, I don't take this as a Dorian thing. It's a KP has to you know take yep. advantage of the smaller guy on him type thing. So it's just something Dallas has to work out, and especially when it comes to matchups come playoff time, that we'll see how they handle that. Yeah, that's that's the huge thing on the court. So there's there's on the court issues, there's off the court issues, right? And those intersect somehow, right? There's a Venn diagram of you know these these off the court weird things and these on the court weird things. And at and one health. point. Yeah, and health is another one. So there's there's three in this Venn diagram. And uh, if all three of them intersect and KP is checking off all those boxes, which he seems to be right now, uh, is it worth it for the team, right? Is he the guy that long-term we can see next to, to Luca? And this season has brought him even more questions than we had before. And the big question was, can he stay healthy? And now there's even more questions, at least in my mind, of, you know, is he the right type of player? Uh, he's the right type of player. But is he the player, right? There's always a different way. In, in the draft, we see every year, right? Like locked on NBA I draft. I feel like we're dating someone. Is he the I one? Know. Is he your one I person? Know, right? Should is, I he get... the, is he your person? Well, You're the, my Mavericks person gave, the Mavericks gave Porzingis a rose that cost, you know, what, 100 something, 100 and some odd million dollars. So, uh, do, you they know, def- <laughs> do you know how long bachelor relationships last? <laughs> Probably as long as actual NBA contracts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh. But yeah, so it, it comes down to, you know, is it worth it for the team? Is he still on the team past the trade deadline? I'd be surprised if he was. Or I'd be surprised if he if he wasn't <laughs> I was on the like, team. <laughs> I'd be surprised if he was traded, is, is what I would say. Yeah, I, I would because I would be too. It's just gonna be hard to move him, right? Like what team well, been, well, other teams okay. are gonna see it's, this stuff too. Yeah, it's beyond the heart of boot. Like you still want this thing to work out if you're Dallas. Like you, you still have yeah, yeah. this seven three, you know, sniper who is, you know, yeah, who's super young and everything. Like you want this this duo to happen and work, and only only the front office and only Luca and the coaching staff and like only them will will know if this thing is going to work moving forward as far as like off the court, you know, chemistry stuff and all of that. Him and Luca, he took a question in Spanish the other day uh, about, you know, his, his chemistry with Luca and stuff. I'm sure you guys can go listen to that on the Mavericks YouTube channel. Um, but you know, it's just, yeah, they, they'll figure that stuff out. They know all the details of that. We, we just watch the games and read body language and, speculate here and there but <laughs> speculate wildly that's what we do <laughs> but realistically you're listening to this on a monday and man this is big time week for not just the mavs but a lot of playoff teams every team across the league as trade deadline is thursday there's gonna be crap happen this week there's gonna be players move this week i mean everything you hear or read or listen to whatever it is are saying like oh no big names are gonna get moved but you never know like you can never count on anything in this league and Dallas, man, uh, Dallas could walk past Thursday and do absolutely nothing, or they could make a big time trade. And either way, I could see them going either way with it. So it should be a lot of fun this week, either way. Stick with us. We'll be here every single day breaking down trades and all that. And uh, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow talking about the KOC piece and probably a bunch of other rumors as well that come out on podcasts and, and whatever. So we'll talk about that, talk about John Collins, all that. Get into that tomorrow. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Oh, boom. Turnover Covington got loose with the dribble. Richardson to Luca. Luca, what a 
Dish inside to Finney Smith, who's fouled. Picked behind the back pass that time. 